Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-depth series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Tara. <laughs> and this is episode number 38 of Podcast in Death. And I can't do this episode without thinking about that <laughs> that, that Facebook thread that we just... Yes! You know, I promise so. not to laugh at myself tonight because apparently <laughs> I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> or it could be me that thinks they're hilarious. I think oh, I'm hilarious. He's talking about me. It sounded like a <laughs> down thread post. I think you're hilarious as well. Me too. You know. Yeah. Um, and Tara's just our third. She doesn't count. She's just here. <laughs> she's the third wheel. She's the third wheel. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I have a brashy personality. Yeah. We're talking about a thread on, on Facebook. And um, I mean, I won't, we won't talk about it here because, you know, but uh, I mean, if you're a patron, you can go online and we have a separate show that we do just for the patrons and it's called The Briefing Room. And we didn't mean to, but just by coincidence, we got this email from our friend Yvonne and he, she said, did you see this thread on Facebook? As we were doing The Briefing Room episode, so we decided, <laughs> what the heck, we'll read the... <laughs> we'll read the whole thread on on the briefing room and we so, did <laughs> so if you're a patron you can uh get that episode fine. <laughs> mm, well you know i mean and it's fine some people don't yeah, like I, some people don't like people. nora i i can't imagine it but there you go some yeah. people don't like this series they like nora but don't like this series i you know everybody's different but yeah um, right Anyway, so if you want to become a patron, what's the matter what? with you? I don't understand how she doesn't love me. What the fuck? I'm going to cry. Dogs are saying, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I think the dogs are yelling about the, the thread. They're like, it, it, yeah. Somebody was walking past the house. That's why the dogs <laughs> were barking. Yeah, there they. It's awesome. So, anywho, so yeah, you know, if if you want to become a patron, um, that would really be awesome, and that would help us pay for some of our um, expenses. But you'll also get all of the uh, briefing room episodes that we've released so far. I don't know; it's been yeah. like seven or eight of them. Um, like so. Um, that's an extra benefit that you get. And you also get the podcast early. If I'm finished, um, if I'm finished editing it early, yes. I'll release it early and you get it early. So that's another benefit that you would get if you're a patron, but enough about that. We're here to talk about faithless in death. Yes. yes. And this is another one of those um, books that were just by the end, just, completely insane <laughs> yeah um <There's>, yeah <laughs> it's just so much that happened so much yeah i was really fascinated by how all just unraveled like i you know loved this, this book found just the right thread to tug and it just all came apart yeah and, yeah it's fascinating i don't know i i really liked this book i did too a lot so I, I made a post earlier on Instagram and I put in it, one of the uh, quotes from the book 
and it's uh, Eve saying to one of the characters, um, freedom tastes great, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and because I feel like that's one of the themes, it was really hard for me to get an actual theme from this book, but um, I mean, apart from faithless, but um, <laughs> freedom to me is, was the main theme I wanted to talk about because I feel like freedom getting freedom, you know, or having freedom. I mean, especially mostly trying to find freedom was why everything unraveled at the end. Oh yeah. You know, it's really why the first murder happened. Yeah. You know, um, if freedom is like the whole underpinning of Mm -hmm. all of this, you know, we had a lot of, um, Listeners say, um, well, it's it's also about power and control, which is true. Mm-hmm. Anytime oh, yes. you have something, a, a storyline like this, it's a, it's about power and control. Yeah. But ultimately, for me, the most important part of it is, is people trying to find freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The numbers that they were like thrown out at the end of of adolescence that had been, like, you know, trapped and had been just I was like blown away yeah just yeah it is I don't know I I think that this is something that is not an easy thing I mean nothing that none of this is easy to write but like this is not an easy topic to write about and make work and I think that it works so well and it it does, you know, I just, uh, I really loved this book. I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. I think I loved it more than shadows. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I don't know if I liked it more than shadows, but yeah. I liked I mean, it for different reasons. Yeah. I liked, That's... I mean, I love shadows a lot, but this one, I just, I really think that there was, there was something, I don't know. There was something more about like the camaraderie of like this is the first time that we get Eve interacting with like Interpol and the FBI. And it's not like a pissing match. It's like, we right. got shit to do. I love right. that. Yeah. There's just this little things that happen in this book that I'm like, Oh my God. You know, and my, my new favorite, even Rourke mo- moment is in this book. You posted it on the Instagram. Oh already. yeah. That was so great. But oh yeah. So uh, one of the best moments of the whole entire series. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just loved yeah. it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, and her bringing, yeah, her bringing in and and being like and wanting to, mm-hmm. like, they're involved. One of their guys is is missing, so yeah. they're involved in this. But also, you know, I mean, so this whole book involves this crazy cult, right? You know, um, that you could compare to a lot of different cults. I think a lot of people were saying, well, it's very. Um, uh, Scientology like. Yeah. But it's also in what I was going to say was, um, kind of a little, um, Jim Jones's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Him mm-hmm. have, you know, having not, he didn't have his own Island, but he, right. you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so that sounded very similar to that. Um, there are a lot of different Cult, so you can say it's uh, you know there i don't know if you guys watched that uh that was it on netflix or hulu the about the that cult wild wild country it was called no mm-hmm. no yeah. um 
News cult. about some freaks me out. I don't watch a lot of that. Oh, kind. Yeah. It was about some cult that sprung up in, I can't remember what state it was. I want to say Utah. I might be wrong. Um, and kind of took over a town. Okay. You know? And uh, just because of the fact that they, the town, they, they bought land in a place, you know, away from the town, right? Mm-hmm. It's a small town, but you know, they needed to go to the town to do their business and shopping or whatever. Right. And the townspeople were not cool, really cool with having these people there. So the townspeople started trying to pass ordinances that would disallow certain things mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, keep those people away from them and how the, the cult retaliated was by moving their people into the town, buying up land, moving their people into the town and then taking over the town. Oh, geez. Like, you know, and then next thing, you know, the, the, the cult members are like patrolling the town with, you know, automatic rifles. And it was just craziness, you know? Uh, But it, it did remind me a lot of that too. Okay. And um, a little bit of, um, uh, Handmaid's Tale, which I don't know whether she was going for that, but yeah, there was a little Handmaid's Tale in I there. I saw a little Handmaid's Tale in that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. You know the thing <laughs> about the thing about Handmaid's Tale was that um, who is that? Margaret Atwood. Margaret At- Yeah, Margaret Atwood. Yeah. Said that she didn't put anything in Handmaid's Tale that hadn't already happened in real life at some point in time in some way. Yeah. You know. So a lot of people were like, oh, handmaid's tale, that could never, that could never oh, happen. Oh, it could happen. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah. And this kind of cult could happen, you know? It's very easy, you know? Um, and of course, we we know that human trafficking happens. We know that, um, uh, what would you call it? They called it realignment in the book, but, um, you know... Uh, it was like a, it's like conversion therapy. Conversion like therapy. Ha- yes. Happens. Yeah. It happens still, mm-hmm. you know, and now we're not talking about cults. Now we're talking about, you know, there, there was a conversion therapy. There's been at least one or two conversion ca- therapy camps that were run by Catholics for yeah. mm-hmm. a time. Yeah. And uh, other, you know, Christian sects still Just- run some conversion therapy camps you know um centers centers Mm -hmm. and 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 the people that come out of them say that they're you know they were essentially tortured Mm -hmm. you know so all this stuff i maybe that's why it makes this book so you know scary or whatever just because you know like handmaid's tale all this stuff has happened before yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah, sometimes sometimes you really want fiction to completely stay outside the the box of this could happen. And so when it edges into things that could happen, you're like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. Uncomfortable. <laughs> go back to like flying private jets to Ireland <laughs> beating clones. up hired hitmen, like armies you know, of clones. Right? Like give me yes. <laughs> Jesus, like <laughs> I was like, I am very uncomfortable. I mean, obviously, there's yeah. actually quite a few in death, you know, storylines and and murders yeah. and stuff that are frighteningly 
plausible. Really? Yeah. But this this one is also like frighteningly plausible in a horror film kind of way. Right. Which, yeah. Yeah. Which usually that- those types are not also plausible they're just a horror film you know like this is just too many worlds colliding so yeah but so well done I just think that she really told this story wonderfully you know she she was really able to you know because I know people were like well how did how did no one ever bring them down and suddenly Eve can bring them down and it's like it's explained right there you know she's she has the little thread to pull as I just said just a little bit ago like it had, and it's so sad actually, had Ariel Bird not been murdered. Right. It still never would this have. This would still be going on. And it's mm-hmm. like, whoo, you know, often that's what it takes, you know. Right. There's a catalyst, and and in this case, that's what it was. A murder. Oh, enter Eve. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Really masterful storytelling. Right. Yeah. So- I mean, it ticks all the boxes for for fiction writing. I agree. You know, so yeah, like we said, uh, Ariel Bird is murdered. But first, it 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 starts out with Eve dealing with paperwork from Ireland, which is fantastic yeah. because I don't know. You know, when does she write these? Because um, it's it seems to me like all you know, people read shadows and i'm sure people were like oh man the paperwork can you imagine yeah. the paperwork <laughs> yeah and she's like i'll show you paperwork <laughs> you <know? laughs> I'll show you or paper. maybe she just thought that herself and when uh it's gonna be yeah i have paperwork. no idea yeah i'm pretty sure she she writes um can't remember. I know she's said before in the past how she does it. I know she takes a break between in death books and writes a different book. Well, could you blame her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't. But um, yeah, so I just thought that was really, you know, Eve dealing with that paperwork and it's so relatable because we've all had to deal with paperwork and at different times and it's like ugh, bullshit and it's, yeah. it's oh, never God, yeah. fun. No, paperwork sucks. Paperwork is stupid. No one likes paperwork. Yeah. So, and she's about to go insane with all this paperwork. Um, Then uh, they get a call. Uh, They're called off on a case. Um, There's a 911 call reporting the death of uh, who they later find out is Ariel Bird, who is a, and also Ariel Bird. Is it just me? Like... (laughs) I don't know. No, it's not just you. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Ariel Bird is a sculptor. And um, when Eve gets there, she finds that she's been, you know, smacked with her own sculpting hammer. And uh, she finds that there's been like, a, there was a takeout coffee and a bag of muffins that were just dropped on the floor like somebody saw the dead body and dropped the stuff and left right but in the circumstance they left and didn't call it in for quite some time right which what right away you know eve thinks is is not okay or not right you know so she suspects whoever called in the 911 call right away um, ends up being uh, Gwen Huffman, 
who said that she had a sitting that morning with Bird for a sculpture that she was going to have her make for her fiance or something like that. Yeah. Correct. But Eve is not buying that story at all. Right. So uh, they go back. She and Peabody uh, look at security video and they see that they see Huffman, you know, leaving her apartment and she's kind of dressed for what they think is kind of like a date. It seemed that way to them anyway, the way she was dressed. And then she comes back later and she seems angry. But the, the, the kicker here is that she doesn't leave her apartment until the next morning. Right. After the murder happened. Right. So now they're, you know, they can't pin it on her. They can't really pin it on her. But Eve feels like she's the kind of person that would order a murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's Which not exactly is a completely logical, thing lovely person. Yeah, yeah, she's not great. No, no, you know, pretty and awful. It's it's one of those situations where yeah, she's not great. She's not she's not a great person. But on the other hand, you do kind of feel it. she didn't yeah. do it. And you do kind of feel a little bit sorry for her because of all the crap yeah. she's put up with in yeah. her life, you know. Um, her, it's another case. I mean, it's another case of what you've done with your circumstances, you know, right? And how you've recovered. And for in Eve is constantly kind of in that. I don't think she does it in a, like a mindset to be comparative, but she's constantly reminding herself of what she's made of herself out of her circumstances. So when someone is like that, it's kind of a blow to her. Yeah, so I think that I think that kind of lays on her too. Like, you know, after all is said and done, she's like, Yeah, I can't really get this bitch on anything, but you know, yeah, yeah. She made her choices and yeah, and the most she can get her on is um leaving the scene of a crime and, yeah. and you know, making a false statement, et cetera, et cetera. And she puts her in jail, but she doesn't stay in jail for very long because she's her fiance is a lawyer and he gets her out. Right. What a lawyer fiance is in this series. There really is. Right. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> easy access to lawyers is I really, mean, I'm like, I guess. There's a lot of lawyers in these. Well, there are a lot of lawyers out there, to be honest. Yeah, there right? are. It's like, it's like the, the suspects always have real easy access to lawyers. And I'm like, is that, is that just, you know, <laughs> you just, you just pick suspects really well. Like, yeah. <laughs> Who can I, I have a pissing match with that's going to have a great lawyer that I can insult and right. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of lawyers, a lot of lawyers, <laughs> it's just the circle of people that Eve, you know, right. Is around now. Um, but before, before she puts Gwen in the, uh, before she arrests her formally, you know, she brings her in for questioning and it's then that, well, okay, so we missed a whole part. Mm. After first questioning Gwen Huffman, Eve goes back to her office, starts setting up her murder board, puts the picture of Ariel Bird, and then puts a picture of Gwen Huffman on there. And then mm. Shelby comes in, Officer Shelby sees the murder board and tells Eve that she knows Gwen Huffman. And tells you the story of how uh, Shelby and Gwen Huffman, when they were teenagers, had a little affair and it ended yeah. badly. And um, so when he brings Gwen Huffman back into Central for questioning, uh, 
she purposely has Officer Shelby there. It's so Gwen so Huffman good. could see her. Okay. Yeah. It's so Eve. It oh, really is. That's a very Eve move. <laughs> Let's see what she does with these circumstances. Let's see her reactions here, you know. And um, has Shelby, uh, mo- you, you know, observe the questioning so she could get a, you know, sense of whether or not this person is lying. Eve knows she's lying, so I don't know why that was necessary, but okay. Uh, <laughs> there's, I maybe there was a little bit of smugness there for Eve. Just like I just like to see this, shake this woman up a bit. I don't yeah. know. I yeah. kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of love it. Yeah. So after the uh, after the uh, interrogation and Gwen Huffman is taken mm-hmm. into custody, Eve talks to Sh- uh, Officer Shelby, uh, who then tells Eve that um, Huffman's parents were part of this cult natural order. Yes, um, it's a highly religious cult. It's a very um, traditional i guess conservative because women have a very a very traditionally conservative role in the household yes it's they're supposed to be married and having children period that's that's what they do yep so yeah so now eve knows that huffman's parents were part of this cult so the whole cult thing is brought into it. And also the fact that, um, you know, the cult is very anti-LGBTQ. Um, and that kind of, Eve starts thinking about that too, because obviously Huffman, whose parents are in this cult, is having an affair with another woman. And hmm, mm-hmm. that's something you'd want to, you know, keep quiet. keep quiet. And would you murder somebody to keep that quiet? So, but then it comes out that, that Gwen Huffman doesn't get there's there's a stipulation on her um, inheritance from her parents. She has to get married to get a certain portion of it, and then she has to have children to get a certain portion of it. So, that is so out of this world to me. Just like that, I don't know. I feel <laughs> I feel like there should. I mean, I don't know because I'm never gonna you know like have that kind of money, and you know I'm not gonna fall into that kind of money. I don't have that kind of inheritance or whatever, but like the fact that you can put those type of stipulations on someone's inheritance and whatever and trust and all that is just mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. Like what if she couldn't have children? Like, right. What if, you know, she... ridiculous. Yeah. Oof. So all that happens. And then the next thing that happens is, so I found it interesting that, you know, this is one of those books where Rourke doesn't show up until maybe chapter seven. Yeah. A while. Yeah. I was going, I was reading like chapter five and I'm like, still no Rourke. <laughs> this is where unusual. Is he? Okay. It's I fine. need Rourke parts. Yeah. Um, this series is about Eve. I mean, we all know that, but yeah. you do get used to seeing Rourke right. earlier than this, but um, here he comes into central chapter seven and uh, says, okay, you know, we're here to pick up McNabb and Peabody. Then we're all going to go see Mavis. Yeah. Eve knows nothing about it. Right. It's a complete surprise to her. And they all go over to this dilapidated, you know, 
mansion, I guess. It sounds like a mansion. Yeah. Very, yeah. very close to Rourke's. Kind of a mini mansion. Yeah. Mini um, mansion. And Leonardo and Mavis has bought have, have bought this mini mansion. Right. Uh, and are going to fix it up. And yes. um, how old is, is Bella at this point? Two. Two. Oh. Almost two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was born okay. in like February 2060. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, it does make sense that she's running around. She's running around and doing. Oh, yeah. Stuff like, yeah. Yeah. And talking. Well, she was talking very early, but, you know, she I was feel talking like. Very early. Now it makes sense. Now it me. makes sense. But yeah, when we get there, there's going to be some talk about that, I think. Because, <laughs> yeah. I was like, really? She's like six months old. She's not saying She's like words. Not yet. saying words. Yeah. No. I mean, Caitlin was talking by two. Yeah. No surprise to anyone. No. Um, but uh, yeah, she was you saying full sentences. By, I mean, she was a, she was a little over a year, but not anything over yeah. coherent. Anywho, so yeah, I mean, you know, that seems correct that that Bella's running around, but um, I I I do want to note that. It does seem in this book seems like, and we've kind of said this before, she's showing even Rourke kind of getting a little bit more comfortable mm-hmm. with the child. Yeah. <laughs> the child. The child. <laughs> it's like it's like it's uh like the it's Mandalorian or something. <laughs> baby Yoda. The child. I I honestly, okay, so since that was brought up, I really want to say. I, you know, I'm pretty sure Nora doesn't listen to this podcast Yeah, pretty sure. or anybody that's anywhere close to Nora, but if probably there's somebody close to I, uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I talk too much and you're too brash. That's right. Um, uh, I, I really hope that at some point in time in the series, McNabb or Rourke or somebody at some time says, this is the way <laughs> so that we can have Eve going the fuck. What, what way, what are you talking about? What I, 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 think, this is, that. I think that needs to happen. It needs to happen. Yeah. I'm just yeah. hoping that that happens at some I think point. It needs to come from Rourke. It needs to <laughs> just because or yeah. Rourke to McNabb. Yeah, right. it needs to happen in Eve's presence, but not to Eve. Right. right. I, everyone I, else is like, I, yeah, and she's yeah. like, what the hell? <laughs> I love the moments when Rourke just geeks out. Yes. And I yeah. think that, yeah. Like, I yeah. think it's in fantasy where Eve is talking about something about, she says something about, um, they're talking about somebody using a name from a comic book. And Eve says, oh, the comic book guy. And Rourke and McNabb, like, in like in sync are like, graphic novel. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. I just so. love those moments. And yeah, we definitely we need that. We need Rourke saying this is the way. This is the way. It's got to happen at some point in the to. series. It yeah. has to happen. Just so. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. So, they're at Mavis's place. Yeah, a new house. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. Even though. Mavis and Leonardo are obviously like able to do this on their own. Thank God they have Rourke because I feel like they need some guidance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is not something that can happen 
for anyone else who had all this kind of money as easily because they make it sound like it's going to be, they're going to start working on it now and it's going to be done in like 10 minutes, you know? Right. Because Rourke is magical. (laughs) Magic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Because renovations like that do take like months. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. But yeah, this is Rourke. So it's only going to take a couple months, but in, in, in depth times, we're going to get like books and books and books and it's still, yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Or, or it'll be in the next book because <laughs> she's so excited about it. Who knows? Maybe yeah. it did, but it, but it took like three books to get through the renovations on Eve's office. Yeah. So I really think yeah. it's going to be a while. It might books. be a while. four books, maybe. Which is fine. Hopefully it'll be done before the next baby comes. Yeah, I think that's that kind of- is, That is a good thing if it does. I mean, she's not too far along, so. No. Yeah. 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 I mean, Mavis was pregnant forever in the for the first round. So Let, let's hope it's not that long. No. Yeah. yeah, I felt like forever. Yeah. It did. Um, I how many books it was, but it was a lot. It felt like years. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, it was years in our time. Uh, yes. But- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because what was it? I think she announced it. And I think I want to say Purity. Purity is when she announced yeah. it. And then she didn't have her until Born. So. Yeah. Yeah. So a long, long time. time. Yeah. There's times when I do get those people that are like, oh my God, like it's been years and we she's still pregnant, or it's been years and yeah. they're only on their third anniversary. And it's right, been, you know, I mean that they want it to speed up. I sometimes yeah. I do get that. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, things happen when they happen. Yeah. It's right. Nora's timeline, but, not ours. But also, like if we speed up the timeline, then these characters are like so much older, you know, right. like yeah. you can have it both ways. Yeah. Right. It's true. So so what I was gonna say was it's it's in this book a little bit more comfortable with you know Bella, even Rorkar. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Rourke much- especially. I mean, you yeah. can you can see, I mean, she's really setting Rourke up as yeah, you know, all star dad. Yeah. 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 yeah, I love the scene where Bella's trying to tell him something and, you know, he's, she, he just crouches down and listens to her. And when she walks away and he's like, what did she say? And he's like, I have no idea. <laughs> but she seems set on it. So, you know, this is, this is how to deal with children. And, yes. And, you know, <laughs> at that age, she can barely form words. So, yeah. Best just to say like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I understand 100%. completely now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. <clears throat> you will do that. <laughs> so um it turns out that this house has a kind of a, what they would call a mother-in-law cottage, sort yeah. of. It's an addition onto the house, but it's it's made to be a separate thing, like a mother-in-law cottage. Right. And uh, they're talking about that and what they could do with it. And um they said they're going to rent it out, and they've already decided, Mavis and Leonardo have, that they're gonna ask. Peabody and McNabb to uh, take that house and and um, did they just hadn't yet you know right. and when they did you know everybody starts crying except for Eve <laughs> who doesn't start crying who's like okay I got, I'm on a schedule yeah I gotta go let's go <laughs> you know. so like, yeah. I have feelings about this and I would like to share them okay, okay. please do <laughs> we've been okay so we've been talking a lot the last two books on basic snitches um, which was um Prisoner of Azkaban and Goblet of Fire about everyone just kind of 
deciding what they think is best for Harry. Now, Harry is a teenage boy. These are two adult cops. And I don't think that this was, I, I, this was entirely in character. I loved it because of how in character it was, but no one asked them. They were kind of just told that was, that was the plan, but then there's crying and she's like, say yes, please. And it feels very much like we've made this decision that the two of you are coming to do this because we can't have anyone else. Like it's very manipulative. Yeah. (laughs) And and again, it's not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's purposely manipulative. I think that this is just how these characters, you know, come together and Mavis and Leonardo and Rourke are like, yeah, this is the plan. And we're just going to ask them, oh, they're here right now. We're just going to, we're having this, this moment. What if like, what if they were like, well, we're saving up to, you know, build a house or whatever. Like they, what what would have happened if they had said that was not our plan? You know, they've got four people looking at them, five people looking at them, expecting them to say yes. It's so, and it's just like, they just made this decision that, well, Peabody McNabb will want to do this because it's going to be really nice and it's going to be not, you know, like <laughs> it's a yeah. great opportunity. And I'm just like, this is so classic, not thinking about actually what someone else, what someone else would feel if they didn't, I mean, I think, I think that they aren't trapped because they all have a, such a tight relationship and looking at this situation, this is their family. Peabody and McNabb are the only people in this group that have out like family, family, like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, blood family or whatever. So this is their family and I get it and I love it. And it's, this is exactly how this is supposed to go. But I was just like, this is, this is a bit much as far as I, it's it's a little bold <laughs> to be like yeah I agree we, with you yeah I, I I feel like they made that decision for them mm-hmm. um and you know I think had Peabody and McNabb been thinking of something else or been trying to plan something else down the line or whatever that they would have felt obligated to do this you know mm-hmm. based on how this scene went Right. But that's not a criticism of the story or anything. It's just it's just an observation and a, just a thought that I had. I was like, "Ooh!" And as this is happening, I was like, "This is this is this is not cool." <laughs> I was like, "You're you're literally." And when she like started being doing the like please and and crying, and I was just like, "Obviously, she can't help it. This is what she wants." But God, <laughs> yeah. And I really feel like, I mean, yes, you're correct. But I mean, everybody, if if they had other plans, then everybody would have known about that by this time. I mean, probably. But I think it's just like, to me, it's it's just like the the idea of it that they're like, we were going to ask them, but but you didn't ask them. You you are in this moment where they're trapped and. Yeah. The only option in this moment is for them to say yes. Mm-hmm. And and that's what they want. And it's great. And that's who Peabody and McNabb are. So great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> just one of those things. And yeah. I'm just like, but that's okay because it's still a lovely scene. And I, I was like, oh, I'm super happy for everyone in their and their big family and all this stuff. Like I I love that. And I know that they're not going to become live-in babysitters or anything like that. But I was just like, oof. That was not an ask scene. That was a, this is the plan. And it's a good thing that you liked it. (laughs) 
Well, I feel like they're already kind of, I don't want to say live in babysitters, but they, they all live in the same apartment complex. Yeah. I think it, it was, it was kind of said that, you know, I mean, they see each other all the time anyway. And, and I'm sure yeah. that Peabody and McNabb, you know, watch Bella when, when never, probably, you know, uh, Mavis and Leonardo need them to. So, oh yeah, probably again, it's, it's not like, and I'm not trying to be negative about it. I just think that it's an interesting development that that's how that played out. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised that somebody didn't mention your negativity on this yeah. podcast, Tara. I know. I'm very negative. Along with my talking too much and Jen being too brash. No, because I'm still just this other person. <laughs> You're the extra. <laughs> I'm extra. Um, you know, something came to me uh, as you were as you were talking about that, how... Um, Peabody and McNabb are the only ones in that group that have a family, but are they? Do Leonardo have a family? I was just wondering that too. I thought I never heard Leonardo talk about his family. Yeah. No, it's never been mentioned. Maybe he has a family. We just don't know about it. Right. That's true. That's true. Was it it concealed when we find out about Mavis's past? Yes. Right. Going into the series, I feel like we already kind of know Mavis is. Yeah. You know. Well, but I mean, like her past, but we know that she doesn't have the family. You know, right. right. That kind of family. Right. But so interesting. Yeah, doesn't mention anything there either. So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when Bella was born, um, there was no Leonardo family then. So well, they were right about that. So maybe, yeah. Who knows? I mean, listen, she got like 400 other characters to worry about. She would be like, oh, shit, I I have to write about Leonardo's family. (laughs) (laughs) Have we ever met any of Feeney's kids? Right. We've never met his wife, but that's intentional. But they've mentioned his wife, like when they were at parties or whatever. That's intentional. We've never actually met her, but she's. That's intentional? Yeah, you didn't know that? No, enlighten oh, us all. I thought that was like kind of common knowledge. Yeah. Nora said that before. She does that on purpose. She's playing Mrs. Huh. Columbo with Mrs. Feeney. She's so great. She's playing what? Mrs. Columbo. How he always talks about his wife, but she you never see her. Ah. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. So we've never actually met her, but that's yeah, that's on purpose. She does that intentionally. Okay. That's yeah. fun. I think though. that might be in the wiki. For sure it is. I if I can read the wiki. <laughs> it is like Vicky. What the hell? Honest to God, I mean it, this, and it's because there's I didn't I didn't put all the information in there. Other people no, did. You didn't. Yeah, you know that was that was one of mine because it was a it was a stupid. <laughs> it was one of mine. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was because it was the stupid questions that I gathered from Adwoof, and it was in mm. there. Yeah. Mm. That's fun. The, the stupid question thread, which I still own. Which you still have. <laughs> but I've never looked for that in that thread. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She does that um, on purpose. But yeah, but we've never met his kids. I mean, he's mentioned I, he's mentioned his kids and his grandkids, and we never right. met any of them. Right. You know, so I'm sure the other side characters have families that right. Yeah. Um, well, uh, and her standard thing is it, if it's pertinent to the story, it'll come up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know? exactly. Absolutely. So we'll I love see. it. You but know, I'm excited to see what this house looks like once it's renovated. Yeah, um, that's all I could think about. Yeah. yeah. I'm, 
I I'm like, um, are we are we at renovation time now? Because I just want to hear about it. Yeah, <laughs> I I have a feeling that we're gonna hear a lot about it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll be chattering about it. Oh yeah, and I, and I like that Bella is just like saying, you know, that it's it's mine <laughs> the whole time. She's so cute. Yeah, she is cute. She is yeah. adorable. Two-year-olds are two-year-olds are adorable. They really are. So yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, there's that whole scene, and the, the great thing is that Eve's like, okay, okay, uh, everybody's crying, so I'm done. I got work to do. Let's go. Let's go. There she is. There there she is. Yeah. Yeah. So she, you know, heads out of there and, you know, they they go home and Somerset right away says like, oh, have you seen, were you seeing (laughs) Mavis's house? And she's like, he gets to know. Right. (laughs) I don't get to know, but he gets to know. (laughs) I, I, I just, this whole book i love everything eve says and does in this book her reactions to everything her reaction to the scene that just happened her reaction to somerset and i just i don't know i she's just like she's just like in this mood she's so charged yeah yeah Yeah. like at the end where where it's like she should probably be crashing but she's so she got so much adrenaline from everything Mm -hmm. going on and i'm just like she's just on her game she's also hilarious when she's like i think it's actually in that next scene when they get back to the house where she's like mocking gwen oh yeah so like this this is this is an eve that we don't see much and i love it so much (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) and i have to say there were several times and nobody's surprised at this uh several times where you know susan erickson's like right on with the like so good that was one scene where it was like so fantastic her her just reading of that scene of eve mocking somebody else it's so good i i listened to about half this book and then i i read the whole book but then i also listened to about half of it and i was so pleased that i listened to that part it's so good yeah, it it was it was yeah, and there were times when I even like read something and I was like, oh wait a minute, I gotta go listen to that because <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta listen to see how that how she handles that one, you know. And one scene where um at the at the very end when they're when she's questioning Miriam Wilkie, who we'll get to, and um a, a, just a line that she says, you know, Miriam's telling him this or that. Eve's not buying it. And she says something like, oh, Miriam, you know, like, but the way Susan Erickson said that, I don't know why I was in my car driving. And she said that like, oh, Miriam or whatever. And the way she said it, I just burst out laughing. It was so fantastic. Just those two words, like it's just amazing. It's so good. I mean, so good. The not to like fangirl more on Susan Erickson, but why the fuck not? <laughs> why not? Like to be so enveloped in a character like that, that a line like that is just so 10,000%, you know, what the character is, I think it's just, a, it's a true showcase of what she's capable of doing and yeah. how, yeah, like she's, she's a part of these books, the end. Yes. She yeah. is like, 
I mean, I, I wouldn't have found the series without her. So yeah, there you go. I'll take it. But it's really amazing. No, I need, I need to, I need to listen to the whole book because I only listened to part of it, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. And you know, somebody brought up, it was our, um, our friend, Jennifer, Jen, yeah. um, brought up how many times eve there's eveisms in this book there are a lot of them there are yeah, a lot there are a ton of them and she did say like you know i'm sure aj was not happy <laughs> like, well, no it's funny not- <laughs> like, i feel called out i feel called out a little bit but you know it's but it's, true. <laughs> it's true i love it it's like the, the discussion about the cake about devil's food cake devil's food and that cake. one was great <laughs> i don't know the devil can eat whatever the hell he wants <laughs> And I was like, yes, you are correct. How do we know what kind he likes? (laughs) If I was the devil, that's exactly the kind I would like. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) If I was the devil. If I was was Satan. Uh, You know, I'm just me. I also think this is one of the ones where where, Rourke responds with like, I've never thought of this. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Which, Which is not always how people respond to her like i think a lot of times like peabody will try to make sense of it for her and half the time she'll give up but she'll at least like yeah think about trying to to like get her on the same page and it just work is just like i've never thought of this okay yes (laughs) it's easier just to do that just to say uh yeah okay yeah you're right you're right you're absolutely right you know, if we all started just like thinking about these type of things, we would probably be like Eve too. Like that doesn't make any fucking right. sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. The one that made me laugh out loud was Tierra Moldings. Tierra Moldings. Yeah. <laughs> and in Rory's like Tierra Moldings or whatever. Yeah. And it took me a minute. I was like, yeah, what's Tierra Moldings? Tierra like, Moldings. Oh, Crown yeah. Moldy. <laughs> yeah. And Rourke says Crown Moldings. She's like, whatever. Huh? Whatever. 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 <laughs> But so uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and then there's the part about her saying like, lo and behold, and then going, why, why do we say low? Like, why is that <laughs> yeah. thing that we say? Like, you know, and I was going to look that up and I didn't. Low is always first. Low is always first. Why? You know, why isn't it beholden low? <laughs> <laughs> and you could say it that way, I suppose. I'm going to start saying it that way. I don't say low. Well, then low. Low. I don't think it's going to happen. No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would say that I was going to say it that way from now on, and then I just never would. No, right? I, but I also don't say that. So if I said that, I would maybe make an effort <laughs> at least once maybe. or twice. Yeah, yeah. But I don't say that. But you don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it back to what I what I was talking about originally, her coming in and saying like, you know, Somerset gets to know, and she doesn't. And um, again, you know, another really kind of nice little Somerset moment was right after she she said that he says, no one's approval matters as yours does. And then he said, I assume you didn't disappoint her. So, I mean. Yes, very, very good. Yeah, he's trying to be nice, but, you know, I mean, still be Somerset. Because here's the thing is that like she's she's always good to Mavis and mm-hmm. I get I get frustrated when Somerset is like a douchebag to her about Mavis <laughs> yeah like even even in 
you know, even in Immortal, when, you know, everything is falling apart for Mavis, like, you have a brain, you've seen what this woman does, she's doing it to take care of the situation, stop being an asshole. Yeah, oh, I was- This is her best friend who she loves, like, ugh. Yeah, I was angry about that one. That was definitely at the height of the Somerset as a dick. I get more, (laughs) I actually get more angry with Somerset for being rude to Eve about- Mavis than Rourke yeah like when she fucks up with Rourke I feel like you know that's it's like their relationship and you know like that's just what you do because you've you've known Rourke since he was a child and you're very protective of him but like I don't know I just every every instance in which he's been an asshole to her about Mavis I'm like stop yeah totally with you Hollywood, but yes, we've discussed that Somerset has certainly gotten much better in the last several books. So, yes, he really has. Like, I love the line in the last one about how Rourke tells him to stay home, and he's like, "Oh, are you and the lieutenant going to do the same? We'll play Parcheesi." (laughs) (laughs) Right. That is a good one, though. Yeah, that made me laugh. (laughs) We'll play Parcheesi together while we hide in the house. Do people still play Parcheesi? I don't think so. How do you play Parcheesi? I have no idea. Uh, I don't it's even a board know game. That's is. all I know. I've, yeah. I don't think I've ever played Parcheesi, to be honest with you. Either. Let's see. So the next thing that happens is, uh, so Huffman's lawyer fiance uh, <laughs> gets her released from jail. <laughs> and then and, breaks and, up with her. <laughs> and then breaks up with her, which, do we blame him? No, no. Not, not at all. That not poor guy. Yeah, I know. I thought bad for, for a guy because he was he was mani- manipulated completely. Oh yeah, you so know? yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and Ooh. then you know they go over the house that he's bought in anticipation of marrying this woman and you know having children, and now you know he's got this house and he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. You know. So, but I do love that Eve's like, you know what? Just sell all this stuff that you bought that she bought. The house is you, but this other stuff, this is yeah, her. Just sell that. that. Was a good, that was a house. Good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Or work telling him, you know, if you want to drink with a friend, let me know. And I'm like, oh, oh, good man. He really is. Such a good man. Except for the parts when he's a dick. Except for when he's a dick. Yeah. But Any other time, he's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did we talk about or do we already skip the part where um gwen goes to shelby's apartment so that's next okay is that next yes <laughs> would you like to talk about that i i just again because i think this book is masterful i just love how she like she brought in shelby so seamlessly mm-hmm. from the beginning and right. this this little side storyline, which I will, I would say that this this book would be just as good and could could be, you know, orchestrated just as flawlessly without adding on that Shelby has that, you know, has that past. Mm-hmm. But I like it because you just get to spend more time with one of her with one of her guys, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, I, I love it, and I also love that Shelby is not even she's not taking this, yeah. and it's cool because you know like she's she's this young cop who does not seem to have any issues being you know like she's a hundred percent who she is mm-hmm. yeah. it's fun because we saw when we you know earlier on in the series we saw both peabody 
and true heart kind of in this like not really confident kind of space but eve is building them up and obviously we get to know both of them a lot more but shelby's like nah fuck this you know this is what i'm about and this is like she came in and she said to eve this is my story and she's right. not uncomfortable with people knowing i just i just think she's really badass in like this way that we might not get to see again which is fine because there's a thousand characters <laughs> But the best is when she's just like, when Gwen's like, it's it was lousy sex. And she's like, you're a liar, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That was fantastic. She had that yeah. kind of confidence about, you know, because when she was 13, she probably, she was like heartbroken or whatever, however old they were, 14. Right. Like, yes, girl. I just, I was like cheering her on over here right. and I just love it. Yeah, she's great. Just makes Gwen even more pathetic. <laughs> this, this is why it I'm really frustrated does. with her. You know, it's it's back to that she made her own choices, right? And she's like, again, she is very lucky that she didn't dig herself into something worse by trying to like entrap a police officer in her. You know, I mean, right. she obviously doesn't know the stakes, and she she is innocent of Ariel's murder, but just like. Yeah. It's just so sleazy and gross and meh. Yeah. <laughs> You're a liar. I yeah. just love it. Very much a manipulator. And yeah. 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 Oh, I just love that scene. It's a really good scene. And and you're right. I mean, it's, it is it is kind of fun to see, you know, some of Eve's bullpen and their kind of like natural habitats and being right. happy. And and also not like you said, you know, there she's herself and she has her own goals. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, her telling Eve, like, I, I don't really have any aspirations to be a detective. Yeah. I'm yeah, happy being an officer. Totally cool. Yeah. I like that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause some people are, and, you know, and, and you do kind of like, does everybody around Eve want to be a detective? Like, you know, right. here's this right. one person yeah. going like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Listen, she probably knows she looks hot in that uniform. <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously, with her obviously. new hairdo, right? That I thought that's another Good thing girl. that I thought was hilarious. That Eva's, you know, Shelby's like, oh, Trina gives a discount now to yeah, the police officers. Eve's uh, like, what? Yeah. We we get to mention a Trina in this book just enough to like get a rise out of Eve. It's lovely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> why would you want to purposely go there <laughs> you know <laughs> i love it oh my god uh, yeah so what happens next <laughs> so sex i think what, happens uh, yeah sex fully clothed which doesn't i was like what i don't understand the sex fully clothed thing i get you know i mean if you're like really you know, I mean, I, yeah, if you're really, I get the sex fully clothed thing. If, if you're in a situation where you're really like desperate, you know how they get yeah. in a situation like, you know, um, yeah. in rapture, yeah. although that was, yeah, that was a bad yeah. situation, but, um, they're both really desperate for it. So sex fully clothed, I get it. But yeah. in this book, it was like, they weren't in that situation. So what, you right. know, getting in they're getting ready for bed they're getting ready for bed but yeah. they're like let's have sex so fully clothed first <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> they're like okay well i each their own 
Take your, yeah. take your clothes off first, guys. I don't know. It's like, just me. I mean, clearly everybody has their own thing, but I was like, no, after the sex, no. they're I'll like, take the clothes off first. Yeah. Well, yes. But after the sex, they're like, you know, okay, now Rourke sits up to take his shoes off. Like he didn't even take his shoes off. Yeah. Like, uh, what? Well, you know, I, that couldn't have been. And I never understand like how, you know, and she used to do this a lot more in the early books, but like, how did you can't like, you know, like there's been a few times like where she's like, she's just wearing her boots. Well, how'd you get her pants off over the boots? I need were, to know this. They were boot cut. <laughs> boot, boot cut, you can. You can. Probably. If you right? worked hard enough at it, I guess. But that doesn't seem like that happens. Like, just take your fucking boots off. Yeah. Like, it's not hard. Yeah. It's probably harder. It's probably easier to take your boots off and then the pants than to try to take your boots off over the pants or the pants off over the boots. I'm just saying. Yeah. But Rourke's got this kind of weird thing with Eve with just boots. Yeah, like yeah. underwear kind of a fetish so weirdo. yeah that's why a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> he's just a weirdo he is, that he is. <laughs> in the best he's way a weirdo Lazy, but you know we like to read about him so <laughs> yep so um next day is when peabody and eve search um gwen huffman's safe deposit box mm-hmm and they find some jewelry, but they find a bunch of you know papers where she's gotten all her stuff that she's gotten over the years from people appraised. Right. And again, I mean, you know, I will say again that I feel like this book is about freedom. And Gwen is doing this just in case I mean, she's it's a it's an insurance policy for when when she needs her freedom, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about this too, in that like um how in olden days, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, men would give women jewelry. Mm-hmm. And uh I'll I, I have heard that women, you know, back in the, the day would keep the jewelry and some of them would even sew it into their into their skirts just in case at some point they need to you know, leave their husbands or they're kicked out, their fathers kick them out or whatever, because women didn't have a lot of choices back then. Right. So all you had was, you know, this thing that this guy gave you or an engagement ring that, you know, and, and you could pawn that and, and have a little money to live on. Right. You know, so I, this is kind of the same thing for me, like an insurance policy for her, you know, because she knows she doesn't have a lot of choices. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for, for no. her, but. Well, no, she's, she's still a trash human, but that yes. doesn't make her, that doesn't make her situation disappear. Right. 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 Um, so then they go back to uh, Huffman's apartment to question her and, and I guess she's ugly crying <laughs> and they finally get her to confess that. Yeah. You know, I mean, she had an affair with Shelby when they were teens and somehow her parents found out about it and they sent her to one of these realignment centers where they essentially tortured her. Right. You know, so she learned pretty quick that you get with the program, you know, so her, yeah. So her whole 
you know, from that point on was I better do what they want me to do, which is find a, find a guy to marry and maybe have a couple of kids so I can get my inheritance, you know, they're thereby winning my own freedom. I mean, and I, I follow it, you know, like, I think that we can all see why she thinks that way, but doesn't mean it's okay to be a trash human. (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't mean she's not a trash human but she has trash human tendencies Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) that is fact but yeah what we did what what i did kind of skip over that i that i marked here to talk about is uh another um we haven't talked about this so uh the topic that we had last week that we were going to talk about was Mm -hmm. eve's clothing choices or whatever oh Um, yes Yes, closet fairy. I really don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. And we didn't have to talk about it yet. Okay. So what I said was, if we're, if we're just, if we're saying like, oh, let's talk about Eve's fashion, fashion choices and the the pretty dresses she wears at, at galas or whatever, then I'm like, yeah, I'm not into that. If, if you, but if we say like, oh, we're just going to talk about, the closet fairy and mm-hmm. you know her relationship with her clothing and Rourke and I have to say to you I probably should save this for that episode when we do that but I was talking to Caitlin about that you know this is kind of the episode that we had thought about doing um but I had explained to her because as you all know Caitlin knows nothing about this series Right. So I have to explain to her, like, yeah, Rourke is one of those people that, like, she'll, Eve will come out with an outfit and Rourke will go, not that jacket. Let me get you another jacket. Not that shirt. Let me get you another shirt. And the look that he, that uh, that Caitlin gave me was like, uh, that seems kind of controlling. <laughs> and I was like, well, yes. <laughs> And, and, you know, as we've said before, some people have said that, like, this is, this is very controlling behavior. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I mean, it really depends on how Eve thinks about it, you know? And Eve is like, I have kind of, there are times when she goes into her closet and she's like, well, you know, Rourke needs to be in here to tell me, but you know, um, when she kind of welcomes it, I mean, she grumbles about it, but she really does kind of welcome it because like, she does. He knows what he's talking about and she doesn't. Right. Nor does she care to. Right. You know. Right. Exactly. So and it that, makes sense. Right. And I think that's the point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know people like to. That's 100% the point to me anyway. Yeah. I don't, yeah. You know, people like to harp on that, that he picks her clothes and he does this and, you know, and no. Right. He wants him to because then she doesn't have to deal with it. I right. mean, if I were, if, if my spouse were someone who knew what the fuck they were talking about with fashion, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd be like, just tell me Absolutely. what the hell Yeah. Yep. I would, I would I just I'd be like, tell me what the fuck I should be wearing right now because I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it, it's kind of, kind of a common thing though, that women do like they come out, right. And they like, mm-hmm. how does this look? Yeah. yeah. And husbands are generally like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know? here's York like, uh, uh, no, let's change that. Not that shirt. Right. There, are, there are women who would be like, please, I need a guy who's actually going to look at me when I, when I ask. Yes. Right. 
Yes. yes. Don't ever tell me my ass looks fat, but you know, you can tell me that the outfit looks wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Not those boots. Not those boots. Not those boots. Not that top. <laughs> yeah. Although it can sound a little controlling, I suppose. You know? Yeah. So Whatever. I don't think so. But but okay. What I was going to say was, um, so she goes into her closet. He's, he's on a call in his office. Um, and so she goes into her, in her closet and she, it, you know, picks a pair of brown pants. Um, and she's like, you know, Navy jacket because it had brown buttons, but mostly because it was leather and she was weak. And I'm like, I'm into the Navy leather jacket, actually. Yeah. I was too. I was like, hmm, I wouldn't mind a Navy leather jacket. Yeah, yeah I I have a, a Navy pleather jacket. Yeah. Oh, I, I do. And it's very fashionable and I love it. Um, yeah. I only wear it when I'm trying to be fashionable. <laughs> not very no, often. Not very often. And since COVID times, I put on a little yeah. weight around here. So having a hard time. Trying to be fashionable right now. Yeah. But it, but it's, but it's a really cool jacket. But so I am really into the you know, blue leather, but that's not what I wanted to talk about today. Um, <laughs> says she started to grab brown boots, but saw the Navy ones with the chocolate laces. And, and it says, she said, you know, she says, damn it. She took <laughs> the Navy um, <laughs> because she knew that, you know, mm-hmm. Rourke was going to say something, you know, like I you mean, have boots that go with that outfit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So um anyway so and then you know he she goes into his office to tell him like hey you know i'm in here at my office and he said he you know puts the person on hold and says you're up early and looking quite put together (laughs) (laughs) thanks so i just i i just love the fact that she's kind of learning like getting there reluctantly Yes. But she is kind of hearing Rourke in her head saying like, no, take the Navy boots. Yep. With the brown laces. Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> Which is adorable. I mean, I love that, you know. I love it so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. I hope I can hear Rourke saying not, not that. <laughs> yep. I, you know, and, and the other thing that hit me in that scene was like, okay, she's got blue boots with brown laces like what kind of boots are the what kind of boots is she wearing are they combat boots blue combat boots or are they some other kind of they're obviously lace up i kind of want a pair i i always see them as almost kind of like urban hiking boots type yeah like doc martens or something yeah Mm. yeah maybe Maybe Eve wears Doc Martens. I I can get behind that. Me too. <laughs> so um, also when they're talking to uh, Gwen Huffman, uh, she does mention that she was having a problem with her phone. She ditched her phone and tried to destroy it because it had text messages from, and, and here's another thing, like it had text messages from to and from uh, Ariel Bird. <laughs> It's like, those are in the cloud. You can still find them. (laughs) Those are in the cloud. Sorry. You don't need the phone. But um, she was saying like, well, it was giving me problems anyway, because there was a weird echo or something on the phone. And right right away that made Eve go, 
Oh, okay. We need to check out that phone because she right away clues into maybe there's a bug yeah. right. or something on the phone. Um, Cause she's smart that way. Well, and I think she kind of picks up on the fact that Gwen is not <laughs> like she's been, she's picked up on that fact from the beginning that Gwen is not smart and right. she doesn't realize what she just said because right. Right. Yeah. she doesn't, she doesn't even bother telling Gwen that that's a thing that um, that could be something really important. Yeah. You know, she's just like, yeah. I'm not even going to bother explaining this to her. We're just going to take it to Rourke and to EDD and be like, what, yeah. what about this? Right. He doesn't even bother. Well, also because, you know, you say something, then Gwen would be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Somebody bugged my phone. Um, Because she, that's maybe one of my favorite things ever is that I kind of, I kind of wanted Eve to say something because I just love how she fed her that whole thing about Ariel thinking someone was following her, like saying that Ariel told her this or whatever. I'm just like, this person is a mess. She's such a moron, too. She yeah. really she's so dumb. She's a mess. He's like, I don't have time for that shit right now. Yeah. I'm not even gonna give no. it to her. Nope. Yeah. Well, and they have a whole little discussion about it, about it, her and Peabody afterwards, where you know, um Eve says to Peabody, you know, you want to feel sorry for her because she's a victim of horrible and ugly child abuse and mm-hmm. worse. Basically, Eve saying, like we said earlier, you know, this person has a choice of what to do with their life, even yeah. though they've been abused. And she's she's not making the right choices, you know. Listen, she's not the first suspect in 50 some books that has that we've looked at and been like, oh, yeah, they had a nice, easy childhood. Like, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So but I just, you know, Eve bursting Peabody's bubble a little bit because, you know, Peabody's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I mean, I do feel sorry for her because I'm, I'm a person, you know? Right. And Eve's basically telling her because what happened to her, what her parents did to her at 16 was horrible, ugly, illegal, and immoral. And she had no choice, not at 16. Two years yeah. later, she did. And from then until now, her choice has been to lie, to cheat, to use others, then betray them, and all for money she didn't earn, money she'll rake in simply because she was born and lived a life of lies and greed and betrayal. And Peabody says, well, when you put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's the choices that you make, and, you know, we all know that. After that, she gives a a report to, to Whitney, uh, about what she's found out so far, where she does another evism and tells him a cabbage rots from the head. Mm-hmm. And Whitney has to say a fish rots from the head. Cabbage is already head, but yes, I agree. <laughs> she also had Gwen give them a list of people that she knew of that were in New Order. New Order. See, I did it too. See, you're doing it. Yeah. Natural order. So um, the group is supposed to be called Natural Order, but as some people might have already picked up on a couple of times, two or three times or more Norris's new order instead of natural order. Yeah. And what I think is funny is that I didn't notice it because in the audio, Susan Erickson says natural. Okay. There's another thing also at some point in time, uh, Eve says, Eve is talking about Wilkie, who is the the head of the 
um, cult. cult. Yeah. And she says Whitney. And she says Whitney. Mm-hmm. But again, I thought, well, why didn't I notice that? But, yeah. but it's because it was Susan Erickson says Wilkie. Yeah. See, she's a smart lady. I don't know whether, yeah, I, you know, and if we have her on again, that's something I need to, to ask her about because yeah. I mean, what do you, it, it's, what's the protocol there? Right. Do you go like, okay, do I just, do I just fix it myself and just like, right. Here you go. I fixed your mistakes. <laughs> or do you say, or do you say like, or do you read it correctly or read it as it's written? Right. And then wait for them to say like, oh no, you need to say it this way. Or right. I do wonder how that, how that works. Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. Because it would be tempting for me to go like, yeah, I know she meant Wilkie. So right. I'm just going to say Wilkie. Right. right. I'm just going to go you know? with that. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, again, I, she is so much a part of this series now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and yeah. she's, like she, her instincts are, are going to be better than the rest of ours. Even us, you know, right. we're us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plus she's, she doesn't talk too much or she's not brash or. <laughs> right. Yes. I am not going to let that go. She does not have an off-putting personality. <laughs> I'm just not going to let that go. I'm not either. It it's doesn't bother okay. me, but I just think it's funny. I think it's funny too. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Just, she doesn't yeah. like my laugh. I think because she thinks I'm hilarious, or I think yeah. I'm hilarious. You I don't think know. you're hilarious. That's right. But again, oh, she really? could have also been talking about me. I laugh at things. Fuck you. Right. Sorry that I find humor a good thing in my life. Right. Why do you hate Sorry humor? Sorry if I find humor funny. Right. <laughs> Why do you hate humor? <laughs> Some people just gotta be a dummy guy. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. Oh. <laughs> I'm going already... to continue to be snarky about it, but I really oh. don't care. Yeah, no. You can think whatever the hell she wants. Yeah. It's good material. It's good material. Well, you know, we've had 10,000 downloads and we're number 16 in Saudi Arabia. So, <laughs> <laughs> and we were number like 114 for a hot second in Canada. Exactly. At one point in time for one day. Somebody must like my voice. Yeah. And my personality. And my laugh. 100%. And they like you talking. They like our extra. Yes. (laughs) Because she's so extra. We've already said that. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So um, the next thing they do is they go to, so, so Gwen Huffman gives them the list of people that are in this cult. And they're going to go and, and question some of them. And they go to this neighborhood in Tribeca. And uh, they're going to question somebody that uh, and one of the people on the list that Gwen gave them, who is a woman um, who was a former model, but now is married to a cult member. And she's in this cult. Right. Uh, Marsha Piper. Right. And uh, they question her and she doesn't really give them any information that's useful. But what they do realize is that this woman's been abused. Right. You know, um, which, you know, yeah. Men are dicks in this book. Oh yeah. You know? Yep. (laughs) Um, So yeah, they do mention that they felt like the entire block in this, in this area was probably cult members. And then Rourke confirms it later. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, they decide they're going to visit the uh, main compound for this cult. <laughs> sounds like a great time. It was sounds yeah. yeah, sounded like a great time. And they had, of course, you know, problems with security. The security guard didn't want to let him in. And they, when they finally decided to let them in, they didn't want them to have their weapons. And Eve's like, you're not fucking taking my weapon. <laughs> hey, uh, nope. Keeping this thing's. And what I loved about that scene was that they they um, are taken, you know, like an old golf cart thing, you know, to the main house. And as right. they're going there, she's like seeing the security guards, like looking at the the, the um, DLE urban. <laughs> and she thinks like, oh, they're in for a surprise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I love that when they come back. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're pissed. Yeah. So you know. Um, so yeah, so they go to question this dude, um, Stanton Wilkie. Yeah. Um, but first they talk to his daughter who Oof. is Miriam Wilkie. Right. And, uh, she kind of tried to like, oh, well, I'll talk to you. You don't need to talk to my father or whatever. And Eve's like, right. no, I really need to talk <laughs> to him. No, I will do what I came here to do. Thanks. Right, exactly. So Wilkie finally comes in and uh, they're going to talk to him. Uh, during this time, they've got a couple of women that come out to serve them like lemonade or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of these women drops a note into Eve's lap, which Eve, you know, kind of picks up and puts away very stealthily. So when she and Peabody leave the the compound, first thing Eve does is pull over to the first place she can find. And so she can read that note. Yeah. And uh, the woman, I want to say woman, it's a girl really, because she's like 18. Yeah. 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 um, Put her name and her date of birth and where she's from on the note that she gave to Eve. So I think it's interesting that you were like, she's a woman. Actually, she's a girl. Because when I read this, my first instinct was not that she was a young girl either. And I think that it's then like even Peabody even have a conversation about how this place has just like made her, you know, like she seems like she's not as youthful right. because of everything. And then, you know, later on, I was like, no, wait, yeah, I'm with, yeah, she's actually very young. So yeah. I just thought that was interesting that you said, cause that's my brain went there and I was like, oh no, wait, she's not, she's not actually like, I just imagine she was like 30 or something, right. you know, right. Nope, she's a teenager basically, basically yeah, because an adult. Technically in the eyes of the law, she's an adult, but really, right. I mean, she's still a girl. I yeah. mean, yeah. And that's why this place sucks among other reasons. <laughs> yes. Which we will find out soon. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Eve right away, uh, when they get back to her, I think it, they went to her home office after that, I think. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, um, she, uh, calls in, um, Yancey mm-hmm. so that he can do a sketch of this girl while it's still kind of fresh mm-hmm. in her mind, you know? So, Oh, the other thing I was going to, I was going to say was that one thing they noticed while going through this compound was that um, uh, the different races were being separated, segregated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, segregated and color coded? Yeah, which which is oh. kind of creepy. 
gross. It's very, um, it's it very um, Handmaid's Tale-ish. Mm-hmm. You know? I was thinking that too. Although in their case, they're not color-coded by race. They're color-coded by what? Like, well, by their role in, in yeah. that society. Yeah. So the Handmaid's wear red and the like Martha's wear blue. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so they're color coding these people, which is really gross. And, uh, you know, Peabody's like, so incensed by the whole thing, you know, it just, I I, love it when Peabody loses her shit. Yeah. She was just losing her shit. She She was so pissed by it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, Eve pulls out that note and she's like, what, what is that? I didn't even see that that happen, you know? Right. So, um, and another Eveism happens when they get back to Eve's house because Somerset says something to, well, Somerset says something to Peabody about her fetching hairdo. Um, yeah. But Eve asked him if he knows anything about natural order. And Somerset says that, you know, they never gained any foothold in Ireland. They were kind of a flash in the pan. And then Eve right. has to go off on. Yeah. What the hell flashes in a pan and then Peabody has to look it up and it's a thing and blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> the evisms are on point this whole book. They're just everywhere. They're everywhere in this you book. Know, we're just setting up lots of spaces for Eve to just be like, you know, just to be herself. Yeah. 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 Let me go back to my thing here. We're getting to the point where I'm like no have no more notes and then i'm gonna be like <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah then we're gonna be in real trouble slacker uh yeah so You're even Peabody, what you're probably busy talking yeah i was busy talking i too busy talking to take notes um <laughs> oh gosh you know the funny thing is like in my real life irl IRL. IRL. I I do not talk a lot. No, you don't. And so, but you don't talk too much, anyways. No, <laughs> you really don't. This is a podcast. We're supposed to talk, right? Yeah. I know what the point is. Do you want to listen to dead air for two hours? <laughs> Apparently, I guess they. Well, she doesn't want you to chime in more because you're no. too brash. I'm too brash, and you think you're. You're funny. I think I'm funny. When you're not. Right. <laughs> so apparently she wants uh, Tara to chime in more. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm just extra. You're just extra. You're just there. You know, if you just talk here. more. I literally don't shut up either. If, if you would, <laughs> if you okay. would just tell me to shut up. That's this, actually this podcast should just turn into me telling AJ to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what the listeners want. Yeah. <laughs> It can't be Jen because so it'll bad. just come across way too harsh. It's got to be me. <laughs> that is true. She's too brash. <laughs> oh, we're horrible. We're never going to let it go. We're bad people. We're horrible. We're never, never going to let it go. Sorry. Not sorry. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So they're, they're working with Yancey to, to identify this uh, girl whose name is Ella. Uh, and the other woman that was with her in the compound, um, 
Eve also wants Rourke to find because Miriam Wilkie talked about having some having a place in the city that she goes to Mm -hmm. when she has business in the city. So Eve wants Rourke to find that place, figure out where it is. And he does that easily because he's Rourke because he's Rourke. And yeah. And the other two priorities are there two. there's two other missing people, Keen Grimsley and Special Agent Anthony Quirk that they found out about are missing members of this cult. Um, so they have a meeting with the whole uh, group, I guess, at, at uh, you know, at even Rourke's. It, the, for real cop party. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's a cop party. You cop know. party. After the cop party uh, later that night or, or early the next morning is when Eve gets the, the 911 call patched into her and this is now um a woman from the tribeca neighborhood who saw eve in the neighborhood uh and recognized her and this person is a neighbor of um marcia piper's yeah and she believes that marcia piper has been murdered by her husband and she's decided this is the time where i'm gonna just take off before it happens to me. And she dials 911 and asks for Eve. And, right. And 911 patches her through and Eve tells her, okay, we're going to come pick you up. So, oh, somebody's got a text message. Or, hey. all right. well, it wasn't me. I'm not cool enough. <laughs> Everyone I know is asleep or recording this podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's late there. So, <laughs> um, I this is I had like anxiety through this whole scene because I was like, this is a setup. This is a setup. Yes, I was. I, I was work on that. I was like, this is a setup. Oh my god. Oh my god. Something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad it didn't. Right. But I, I felt the same way. I, I was, you know, it was like anxiety because, yeah, I thought it was a setup and that they were going to get attacked or, you know. But no, it was really a woman from the Tribeca neighborhood that wanted to get away from this crazy cult. And, Which, you know, where we understand. <laughs> yeah. And trusted Eve to 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 get her away. And of course, Eve um, and Rourke take her to Docus. And right. uh, so this woman is telling them everything that she uh, saw and or heard uh, that makes her believe that uh, Piper was killed. So even Rourke leave the woman at Docus. The woman also says something about her friend, Gina. Gina. Who, uh, you know what? Gina, the genius, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Because Gina's telling, Gina apparently had run away several times, but was always caught. Uh, But Gina told this woman how to squirrel away money Mm -hmm. without them, without her husband knowing about it and uh, how to take that money and buy herself her own phone and hide that too. And, you know, um, super genius, super genius. Mm -hmm. You know, we love Gina. I don't even know Gina, but I love Gina. Huge fan of Gina. I actually was, you know, is it, I don't know. I'll ask you guys, was it just, is it just me that 
I, I just was kind of like, I love Gina. I don't even know her. Yeah. But I, no, love her. I, I thought she was great. And I, too. I was kind of hoping that, you know, there'd be a moment between Gina and Yancey so that they oh. could get together. <laughs> That's how my brain works. You know, yeah. I'm like, you know, trying to pair people off all the time. <laughs> um, I didn't, I did not come to that conclusion, but I wouldn't have been mad at it. <laughs> you're like actually i want this to happen yeah yeah i think yancey has a girlfriend disney i, I don't think know he does too. i mean yeah the way he's described how does he not you know yeah exactly yeah so um anyway so she asked them they're gonna go and um and you know get a a uh, search warrant to go into that house so that they could search for signs of any kind of foul play. And uh, also she asked them if, if they would, you know, look in on Gina or, you know, uh, our new favorite, our new favorite. (laughs) So apparently what happened was uh, that the uh, natural order people came in and cleaned up the crime scene, like, you know, in a black van, and brought all their people and took the body out and brought people in. It's a black van. Right. It's always Always. a black van. Always a black van. Well, you know, it's nighttime. So obviously you you don't want a white van. It's too obvious. Yeah. Very obvious. Yes. So, um, so bring, bringing the neon pink, uh, van is a bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. Like save what? that, save that for crime scenes where other people won't be around <laughs> to see it. <laughs> Crime scenes where there's just a lot of, you know, Mary Kay activity around and you can just kind of be like, oh, it was a Mary Kay van. I saw Mary Kay van. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that couldn't have been it. (laughs) Try again. Yeah, there's like about 10 Mary Kay cars, pink Mary Kay cars on this block. So, you know, um, so, oh my gosh, I just lost my place here. (laughs) Uh, so they woke, uh, Cher Rio up and got her to, to work on getting their, uh, search warrant and they go back to that neighborhood in Tribeca and, uh, they do kind of break in because they can't, they couldn't get through the, um, security. Mm -hmm. So Eve has, uh, Rourke kind of break in, but, um, what I really like is, uh, they got in. She, he, so he broke through the security in the front door. There's more security um, in on one of the doors where I guess all of the um, all of the computer equipment was. Mm. And Rourke automatically was going to go like, OK, it's me again, you know. Mm-hmm. And Eve was <laughs> like, no, no, it's my turn. Nudged him aside and said, give me the pics. <laughs> and then Rourke says, now my heart swells with pride, you know, <laughs> and she's like, not as slick as you, but not bad. So I just love the fact that, you know, by this time, old by the book, Eve is, <laughs> is by the like, book this, Eve. this is just going to be the most efficient that yeah, go for it. Yeah. You know, but that she knows by this time that she's watched him and she's mm-hmm. like, Give me the pics. I know what I'm doing. And she like do does this. it herself. You know, I just think that's so funny. I love it. Without any problem at all. Like, uh, oh, no, my turn. I'm gonna do this. You know. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, she said, in a, I think in the last book or the book before that she'd been practicing. So, yeah. 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 So, um, and if they had time to screw around like that, we could watch her. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so Eve leaves uh, Rourke, I think, with the electronics. Which makes sense. Which makes sense. <laughs> and then she um, she goes over to where she knows uh, Zoe. Zoe is the woman that called her originally. So she goes over to where she knows Zoe's friend Gina is. And Gina and, you know, her child is... Uh, does she have more than one? Uh, yeah, she had... A couple because she had the tracker on. Um, yes. Yeah. The baby didn't. And then the little girl did. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So she she basically says, I can't leave the house, but take my baby. Please get him away from here. And, and Eve's like, uh, why can't you leave the house? And she's like, you know, I've got this tracker on. And Eve's like, okay, I got to get my guy over here. So she calls Rourke. And Rourke is like, understandably yeah furious also, Eve was like i don't want a baby please someone else right <laughs> he's no baby <laughs> but yeah he's just uh outraged that somebody put a tracker on a with, on a child Ooh. you know i mean rightfully so yes um, everyone about it yeah <laughs> yeah so then they take Gina and her babies also over to Dokus. And um, Gina tells Eve her story. And it's pretty bad. I mean, you know, this whole story of, of you know, her essentially being kind of a wild child and being on the street. And she said a, a caseworker was going to take her to a, interview or something said that there was an interview yeah. but instead she was grabbed by um natural order and basically drugged and forced into a marriage and forced to to um you know essentially raped people yeah. held her down why some why her new you know husband raped her so that she can get pregnant and uh this happens a lot in this book to women, you know, and at a certain point they find out that Wilkie's also giving his own sperm over so that, you know, women, you know, if a certain dude is not able to perform or a woman hasn't gotten pregnant yet, Wilkie would give her his sperm so that Oof. we can ensure that this person gets pregnant, you know. But uh, yeah, that's Gina's whole story. But she's very, you know, again, we love Gina because she's very sassy and she's like, fuck these people. And she's calling her husband the asshole. She clearly hasn't lost her spirit. And like having having this happen, like having Eve show up and to try to help her and everything is like, I feel like revitalized that too, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that um, Piper, what was her first name? Marsha. Marsha, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I feel like she didn't have that anymore. Right. Pretty broken. So, yeah, there are those people that are just unbreakable, and 
thank goodness for those people. But um, and at a certain point, the um, the social worker, Natalie, that's working at Docus, uh, comes in and says to Gina, like Lolly is a firecracker, Gina. And she says they couldn't smother that personality and they tried, you know. So yeah. you have to be, I mean, if you're, especially if you're a mother in that kind of situation, mm-hmm. like you, you knowing what the, the kids are going to grow up. I mean, if you stay there, what their lives are going to be like, you know, I do like that. They, she made a point of, of showing several instances where uh, members of this cult, their kids got away, like, you know, like what happened to their kids? Well, they're living with the grandparents because apparently they, yeah. you know, she questioned, I can't remember who it was. One, one guy that was like, yeah, you know, as soon as I turned 18, I wanted to go, but my brother was still not of age. So I waited purposely waited another couple of years until he was 18. And then we both took off, you know, Yeah. just showing those people that with that spirit that could not be broken, you know, and how they've, how they got away kind of gives you a little bit of hope. Right. It's it's right. a nice little bit of light in this terribly depressing idea. It is kind of all very terribly depressing. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um so uh yeah, so that's what's happening. <laughs> Just that. Not they, <laughs> they finally figure out who Ella is. Uh, and, um, she was kind of a, you know, kid in the system also. And, um, but good that they figured out who she is. And, you know, I, I just thought it was good that Eve recognized, you know, that again, somebody else that they couldn't break her spirit, you know, and risked everything to get Eve the message. And Eve was like, you know, I'm fucking going back and that getting that person out of there. That's the last thing I do, you know? Um, so this whole thing with Zoe and, and Gina and whatnot, that's the, that's the thing that happens that starts this whole, you know, thing to unravel for natural order. And it happens really quickly after that. It really does. But I mean, also, you know, he's got a lot of connections. Like Mm -hmm. we get, we get the Interpol agent. We know we get. You know, we get Teasdale, like we get this, there's, there are irons in the fire already, you know, right. So to throw another one that Eve loves in there, (laughs) the irons in the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. I was like, I was like, uh, you do want to put the irons in the fire. That's the whole point, but okay. (laughs) She does realize that she does. That's one. She's like, oh, okay. That one makes sense. That one makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and she's also got nadine who said that she had researched this group a little bit early on so she already had some information on them and so now because of this she went back and got some more and she found uh somebody who gave her records her oh my gosh like nadine brings it yeah she brings all of the evidence that they really need <laughs> against this group yeah I'm, i was like oh nadine 
how how interesting that Nadine has all this information, but also I don't even feel like that's like too coincidental because that's a thing that Nadine would be into learning about. Mm-hmm. She's so hardcore. I feel like yep. Nadine does not want to do something easy and uh, like, you know, she she wants a challenge and she's always wanted one. So yeah, of course she tried to learn more about them. Right. I love her. Yeah. So um, Nadine has all that information and Rourke, of course, can get all the information like for, for the property, like the uh, schematics and and all of that. And he can do all the drone stuff. Yeah, exactly. And he's perfectly happy to do that. Um, eager even. <laughs> eager even, yes. So... Um, so they're there. It's a lot of planning at this stage. And, you know, it's almost for me, it was almost too much planning, but that's because I'm ADD and I can't, you know, I mean, this, there's, there's a lot of things happening, you know, more information and more planning and more people come in and they're doing this and they're doing that, talking about this and having meetings. And then, you know, work is there. And, you know, at a certain point, they um we're gonna have a meeting with Eve and Peabody and Nadine and share Rio to go over what Nadine found out about this or the, all of the information that Nadine has on natural order. And uh they were they want they were gonna have it in the conference room. They were all hungry, and Eve tells Peabody, like, you can transfer the menu from my auto chef to the one in the conference room. Right. And I was kind of like, yeah, how, how, you, yeah. how would that happen? How does that work? <laughs> how does that work? As soon as we feel like we figured out how the auto chef works, then she throws something like this in and we're like, wait a minute, that wouldn't work at all. Because I'm thinking auto chef is like almost a refrigeration system married with a right auto, you know, yeah. oven system. Right. Where you have put things in there and then whatever you want, you program it in and it goes and gets it and it does all of the. Because she's talked about how Somerset stocks the auto chef. Right. Or Rourke stocked the auto chef in her office. Right. How do you. Yeah, I don't know. Now we're kind of more a Star Trek replicator situation happening, you know, or something like that. I don't know. But they transfer stuff from Eve's auto chef in our office to this conference room and they all four of them have you know real hamburgers from a cow you know and fries and the whole thing and it doesn't really seem like the auto chef is like the conference room is that far from eve's office so why can't peabody just go get the stuff from eve's office right i feel like that's what's always happened in the past Yeah. yeah or rock will bring stuff in right you know or they'll order something yeah Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. It's okay. it's just weird, yeah. weird technology. I mean, if that were the case, I would just totally like program someone else's menu into my own auto chef. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you could do that. You could hack in and, uh, yeah. you know. I'd be stealing even works auto chef all the damn time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. They're planning this operation. They're going to take down this this cult, you know, and they've got to do it now because everything has already started unraveling. Mm-hmm. When, you know, Zoe contacted Eve and said that uh, 
Marsha Piper had been killed, you know, I mean, that started the ball rolling. So it's got to be now because, you know, I think somebody said something like you're going to plan a, you know, a whole operation. I'm pretty sure that it's the other uh, FBI agent. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Cause at the end he comes back and he's like, yeah, I didn't think you should do it this quickly. And that really, thank you for that. You know, cause it saves agent quirk. Right. Right. Yes. Which I had, I had like actual, like, I was so excited that he was not dead. <laughs> I was like, I know this guy. Why am I feeling so like sentimental about him? I just, yeah. I just think it was like there was a person that you knew was there, you know, and yeah, and like you just were rooting for them to make it through. So I don't know. I was really right, right, yeah, really relieved. And I was like, why am I so relieved? I yeah. don't, even, don't even know this character. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's never really on page. No, no, ever. But yeah, you're all kind of personally invested. But you know, the other thing is there's the other guy, Keen. Keen. Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. never even mentioned. That's never even mentioned again. Right. You know. Um, I'm just gonna assume he also made it because uh don't need any more darkness. This I, book is I, a lot. Well, you know, I mean, I would like to tell you that that is correct. However, no. um we did get uh, an email from Yvonne and she was telling us her thoughts on this whole book. And um, one of the things she said was um, we never find out the fate of Keen Grimsley, who is mentioned various times uh, who Eve is looking, you know, to find out what happened to him. This has been brought up numerous times at the discussion of the book at turn the, at the turn the page website, uh, does she mean fall into the story do you think yeah okay i'm sure that's what i thought uh nora then posted that he had been caught killed and the body disposed of in the crematorium (laughs) so sorry yeah that's when i mean nora is saying that so it's like uh and this is where it kind of all starts to go like haywire not haywire but bonkers because Bonkers. every single person again same thing with ireland every single person on the team is involved they're all going to be there even mira this time yep. and tibble they're all Listen, they didn't get it on the last ones tibble and mira were like well mira was there but you know what i'm saying like they didn't get tibble's like okay it's my turn yeah right. super I, like I didn't ireland that was yeah. rude okay that was rude <laughs> Why yeah, did I you call for this Ireland trip? What the? <laughs> I have to go to the creepy island with all these awful people who didn't right. even go to Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just nutty. All the things that are happening at once at this point, and plus, you know, even Rourke both have been up, you know, for over twenty four hours or whatever, right. and without a nap, and she's downing coffee and energy drinks and whatnot. Yeah. So she's probably all wired. Right. You know, um, and I just thought, uh, you know, everybody's getting ready for this. It's Somerset brings down a set of clothes for her to, to wear to this operation. And they're all getting, you know, donning their like their burglary clothes. Outfits. Yeah. Their cat yeah. burglar outfits, you know, exactly. and, uh, what, I'm sorry. I'm talking too much. I should let you no, talk. I, just, I love yeah. that. I think that's fantastic. Oh, I've worn their cat burglar outfits. Yeah. Even Mira. Yes. <laughs> Even Mira is in a cat burglar outfit. Um, 
I mean, I have been talking that this is where my notes end because I yeah. was a bad note taker. So if either one of you want to take over at this point, <laughs> no, I'm too brash. You. You're good. <laughs> Maybe we need somebody brash at this point in time. We do. I'm like falling asleep here, but. So yeah, they hit everything and what they hit the Tribeca block. They're going to hit the uh, compound. Everything is going to um, happen at once. You know, it's well, it's all go. And well, and I think that's probably one of the other reasons why, well, one, they probably never did any, like, even just to one of those areas, you know, like the FBI or whoever couldn't, couldn't bring this group down before. That's the other thing is they have to, they, they would need the manpower to attack everything all at once, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So trying to infiltrate like they were doing with uh, Agent Quirk and all of that was just not going to work right so right it had to be this it had to be like 15 inches of crawling across a property to get (laughs) 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 was it 15 feet they could travel i was like wow okay okay all right but hey gave it gave us that lovely moment it did (laughs) they they bring down all the bitches They bring, they bring down, down all the bitches. Yeah, it's it's just a lot. There's just it's just a lot. it's it's just like and suddenly everyone is like people are just dragging people out of bed. Like, let's go. We're finding all these kids. We're finding all these women that are just. It's very uncomfortable. It's yeah, not, right. It's not good. Yeah, um, you know. And then Wilkie and. Miriam are like, no, you can't bring us down, you know, and exactly the kind of the way that you expect them to be like. Yeah. And Miriam's like, you can't come in here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in. Here yeah, I am. Here I am. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> you know. Um, and then that nice little moment where you know the the she gets to not punch out the security guard because she didn't do that, but he went right. for her and, you know. Well, and also um, someone it's made, the point is made later on after, after the whole like takedown is that everyone was asleep. <laughs> right. Not, you know, people are not on their game. They're not ready to just start. Right. And fighting except for the bitch who goes for Santiago. Like, right. Other than right. That, yeah. Like, oh, what? I was sleeping. Yeah. Now I'm getting arrested. Well, that's that's a bad day. Exactly. That is a bad day. You know. But not for Eve. <laughs> not for Eve. So yeah, they bring everybody in and everybody is uh arrested and the end. I don't know. I've just I don't have sorry. Well, listeners. I mean, here's just, the thing is that the the interviews at the end are just, I mean you know they're very self-explanatory but they're also like fascinatingly different and i don't know i yeah it's a it's a good way to end the books is mm-hmm. sometimes i want the books to end on like just takedowns and ass kicking or whatever right. sometimes i need right. those interviews and i think that these interviews were very necessary yeah right oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah yeah that's how the book ends is yeah very yeah. successful well and yeah. And then, of course, you have the typical, I mean, what you would expect Miriam 
kind of like, oh, but I, I had to do this because my father made me like, no. <laughs> yeah. And Eve was like not buying that, you know, no. and this is, this is where we get the, you know, oh, now Miriam <laughs> shaking her head. Eve offered a small pity smile, mm-hmm. you know, um, because yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a certain, a certain point at which I'm sure that she had no choice. Right. Sure. But then she did, but then, then she did. Yeah. But uh, again, you know, I mean, what would you do to, you know, gain your own freedom? And I feel like this is kind of that, you know, Yeah, but also there's a right way and a wrong way to gain your own freedom. Well, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Right. She did it the wrong way. Right. You know, 100%. Like murdering someone. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, you could have so. and gone to the, you know, gone, gone to the authorities and, you know, taken the whole thing down a long time ago, but she didn't. Right. So, yeah. you know, you can't now say like, oh, well, you know, my father, you know, beat me or my father, you know, right. made me do all yeah. this stuff because, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You could at any time have. I found it really funny when when Peabody was making fun of her, like, oh, you were afraid of your timeout, you know? <laughs> but it's just like, so those are two of my favorite moments is when is when Peabody is not doing the nice cop thing. Right. And she, yeah. Yeah. She just doesn't hold back. No, she doesn't. Because like Eve, Eve is so methodical about how she does any kind of interview. Mm-hmm. And Peabody is like she's she's like one or the other you know she's given permission to not have to be the nice guy and she's just like okay here it is and she just doesn't stop and it's kind of great I really really loved her in these interviews yeah um, because she is so good at pulling things out of people especially when she's being like the nice good Mm -hmm. cop or whatever but in in this she was very successful as just going for it and i'm like yes this is great so great (laughs) like eve is also like yes this is great right oh yeah eve was very proud of peabody in that moment i think oh yeah yeah stop yeah (laughs) they're done with and peabody's like i need a shower and i'm like yeah yeah Yeah. those are terrible humans that you're around yes (laughs) yes yeah i mean yeah they are all but i do i do love that where she's just like oh i'm so sorry that that was Fear of the timeout. Oh my God. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Right. Yeah. P- I think Peabody was like, this is it was totally an Eve move. Yeah. That that is such an Eve move. And Peabody. Yeah. Oh it. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, that was definitely all an Eve move. But are we really sad that um we didn't get to see Rourke take all the guys out. Yes. They, that's what I was going to bring up. I knew I had something else to bring up. Yes. I, you know, I know that it's kind of just extra and it's fluff and whatever, but you know, they do this every damn time. They're they're They talk about doing this kind of thing. And then they, she never shows it. And I just, right. well, just some <laughs> hangout time. Yeah. Just one. I mean, I think so the intensity like- of that book, I could have used some hangout time. <laughs> Show us, you know, work taking the gang out for the the beers and food. Yeah. I just, I wanted that. She may do it at the beginning of the next book. She might. She's done that in the past. Mm -hmm. Let's hope so. It would be nice to see like the beginning of that book, them at a pub. Yeah. 
having beers and murder and things happening just immediately and eve not getting the rest she needs because it's just more fun if she just goes 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 right yeah because she's already been up for all that time for all that time you know it, it's so. fun because some of these books that literally go into the next one right th- yeah. this is why people are like why it's only been three years it feels like 10 and like, well right. Right. <laughs> why? this is why yeah <laughs> and we're here yeah. for it yes <laughs> so um yeah. i think we also missed one of my one of my favorite parts of of the whole planning stage of this was when eve told rourke like okay here's the schematics of this right. building that you brought me like okay you know Pretend yeah. that this was a place you were going to pretend there's like a zillion dollars in yeah. diamonds in there. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. hmm, I got it. <laughs> I can do this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I remember who said it on Instagram, but I really like how she phrased it. That, um, you know, we see Rourke get involved in the cop stuff all the time. It was kind of fun to see Eve kind of lean into the... Um, yeah side of things yeah that was a change like just like her taking over breaking into that and then yeah yeah and kind of they talk about you know and like that moment they had where Rourke tells her what a pair they'd be you know so yeah Yeah. again one of the best i i just love like how jazzy i mean you know obviously this has happened before operations yeah. like that makes them you know yeah. a little yeah know, there's horny. some nostalgia there it's fine yeah <laughs> oh, i remember when i used uh, to do this <laughs> great so and and you know he said something about in an alternative universe we could yeah. have ruled the world and she's like and she said, i'm a cop in all of them i'm a, i'm a cop in all of them so that's another one of my favorite scenes yep you know it just you know it it really was a great book Mm -hmm. yeah so um baxter agrees good we already said uh that we got uh an email from yvonne yeah Mm -hmm. um and she was giving her thoughts. Um, let's see what um, I know. She says, I know the story is fiction, but I found it hard to reconcile how Eve and her gang could bring about the demise of this cult in four days <laughs> due to the fact that there were other agencies involved. I think we went over that. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. once it started unraveling, you didn't then yeah. they really didn't have a choice. They had to go. They had to. Um, yeah. So she says, yeah. maybe I'm overthinking this too much. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> and I think I really do think that it's just Eve found just the right thread to tug. If yeah. she hadn't, you know, this would still be going on. She wouldn't have even gone there. But right. well, and, and it's and it's the it's what AJ just said, like she went for it too. Right. You have that. And this, this is your window of time. Otherwise you're not going to have one. Right. Yeah. They'll find a way to cover themselves. And yeah. I think mostly people said they really liked it. Yes. Yep. The book, which we agree with Michelle K said that absolutely love this book. It's in my top five in death books. Nice. Oh, 
brilliant storytelling as always from JD Robb. The scene with Rourke and the team breaking into the estate was amazing. That was really good. Yeah. So yeah. um it was Jennifer actually, and she said it on Twitter. What? <laughs> Christ on a spreadsheet. This book was good. <laughs> yeah. nice book so far. Lots of evisms, probably too many for AJ. Yeah. A candy thief mentioned crazy socks to go with the flashy ties. And mm-hmm. we all and we always see Rourke leaning into cop life, but it was fun to see Eve embracing the thief mentality. Right. And crazy. We always love the crazy ties and flashy and we do. Well, I love that it's now not just crazy ties, but it's the socks. I love the socks. I love it. I think it's so fantastic. Yeah. So touche lucky too. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Said, uh, Carla, it's her name said uh, that she read this twice. She says, I really love it. It's about power and control, but it's more than that. It's a lot. It is know. a lot. Yes. It's about a lot of things. That's why I kind of had a hard time, like, you know. Narrowing it down. Um, narrowing it down. Yeah. Alyssa Sargent said that, yeah, of that moment with Eve and Rourke, where he said what a pair would be is her favorite line in the entire book. Mm-hmm. Such a great line. Diana said, loved it. It was a bit nuts, but never dull. Listening on audio, loves Susan Erickson. Nice. Of course. I like old books says, yes, I enjoyed it. I feel quite cozy hanging out with all the great characters. And when it picks up the pace and is exciting. Yep, I've got Susan here. She enjoyed that. We got more of Bo Yancey and officer Shelby. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see her as a Chan, but I warmed up to it being a short nickname. <laughs> Which yeah, I love. I think that's great. Yeah. You know. The conversation about Shelby wanting to remain in uniform versus going for a detective shield was really mm-hmm. good. Yep. Adds a little variety and touch of realness to the story. Not every cop wants a gold shield. Right. So, of course, the segment on the house was my favorite lighter moment, along with my new favorite Evism. Do what? I'm not sure I remember that one. Since it's a conversation between Peabody and Eve, and Peabody says, you know, Dallas, it couldn't have been easy for Shelby to tell you all that really all that really personal stuff. She stands up and Eve said, agreed. And Peabody says, and I'm just saying, I love her new do. And Eve says, do what? Yes. I do remember that now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's when they had a discussion about Trina giving cops a discount. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that there were a lot of really good moments in this one. There really were. Yes. Really, really, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. we I'm sure we skipped over a ton, but um, you know, I mean, it it is what it is. It's a long book. We yeah. gotta get through it and yep. you know. <laughs> so and I, I was actually surprised that Rourke didn't order food in for everybody. Cause Eve said that she had a burger. He asked her if, right. if she ate and she's like, well, I had a burger. And he's like, well, I just got this crappy sand sandwich from vending. You're like, well, why didn't you order in? What, what are you doing, man? Wrong with you. You know, you always order in. Yes. For all the guys. What you know? are you doing, dude? They expected a fork and he didn't do it. What the hell? I don't know. Maybe he figured, you know, he was going to buy him all dinner and drinks later. So, so <sighs> they're all in the, uh, bullpen singing soon may the irish man come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. <laughs> so. oh, i love it you've like don't spoil my cops it works like 
right? <laughs> that's so. that's a battle you don't just don't even bother, Eve. Just <laughs> yeah, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so podcast business. We, we kind of have some podcast business. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, we don't have any new um, patrons this week, so maybe next week. But the big news this week is Jeannie Sutton called the number. Yes. yes. Yay. 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 Thank you, Jeannie. <laughs> Jeannie called the number. So great. So um, I'm just going to, I'll just play for you all what Jeannie said, because it's so cute. Hey, ladies, this is Jeannie Sutton. I was just calling to tell you how much I enjoy listening to y'all talk. Um, It's really brightened my times, especially in the last week when we've been snowed in. I look forward to it every week. And I just wanted to give y'all a shout out and say you're doing a great job. And I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yes. Thank you so much, Jeannie. Yeah. I mean, we're really, we're really glad that, you know, it, it kind of kept you company while you were snowed in because you know what, Jeannie's from Texas and it was, it was rough out there. Yeah. No, I actually have friends in Texas, in Houston now, um, that were, you know, it's a friend of mine from school and, um, her husband, she's from Michigan. He's from Canada. And they've lived in Houston, though, for the past God, about 15 years, I want to say. So they've been down there and they're like, uh, we don't know how to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of nuts, man. You guys got hit hard. Yeah. Uh, thoughts are with you. It happens. But, yeah. boy, yeah. And, you know, again, we were glad that we could, you know, kind of keep Jeannie company while she was stuck in her house and cold. But Jeannie also sent us an email too. she she left the message and she sent us an email. She said uh, because we were talking about Texas and how boring it is to drive through. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jeannie sent us an email and said, good afternoon, ladies. I'm so sorry you were in Texas. When you were in Texas, you only saw our miles of highway. We are so much more. I invite you back to see the beautiful sights of East Texas and enjoy the rolling hills and live music of Austin. I love it. I live just outside of Dallas and would love for you to join me for a little fun when this pandemic is over. We would love that. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna. I guess we're gonna be doing a podcast and death like tour of, like, of tour. The US. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> or, it. Austin or Dallas or right. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I, I do. I've been to Texas. Yeah, see, I do feel kind of bad because you know, saying that it, it is a boring drive in some places. Um, the only reason I was there was because my aunt used to live in, I believe it was Tyler, Texas, which is kind of outside of right. Dallas, like east of Dallas. Um, and that's actually beautiful country. I remember that very clearly that her house was just sure. in an area that was like gorgeous. Right. Tons of trees everywhere and yeah, mm-hmm. hills and and it was just uh, just a gorgeous place. So, yeah, I mean, not all Texas is boring. No. And I'm sorry that yeah. we made it sound like that, but uh, yeah. No. Yeah. So, um but thank you Jeannie for uh sending us the email and calling the number. And you yeah. too could call the number and be on the show. We put your message on the show. Yeah. You know? 
just call that number like Jeannie did, you know? Yeah. Um, we got another email from Janet and this was about the last episode we did where we talked about the um, ghostwriting rumors. Right. And Janet says, hi, ladies, found your podcast about four months ago, and I've listened to them all. I wanted to give some input to this one because I hate it when people try to put others in a box. We all change over time, our opinions, our weight, and of course, our creativity. I am in no way in Nora Roberts' league, but I do enjoy my own style of crafting. Do I make the same sweater every time? Just change the color? Does an actor crest this says crest the same character in each movie i don't think she meant to say that but you know yeah probably autocorrect yes damn you autocorrect damn you autocorrect uh da vinci create the same form of masterpiece leave her alone people if you don't like her writing (laughs) then read someone else's creation the only reason i would want to know the name of the asshole brought this stink up again is to make sure i don't purchase their writing enough for me thank you ladies for your podcast i enjoy listening to them and your wandering styles ah that's sweet. Thanks, Janet. Baxter, you are determined Janet. to be on this podcast, aren't you? Yeah, Baxter is determined to be on this podcast. Yes, very much so. Um, but I, I, would, loved, I loved Janet's email when you, uh, when yeah. you started with us. I was just like, yes, I just love how passionate it is because it's not just like, oh, yeah, I agree with you that I, I don't think Nora has a ghostwriter. It's just like, no, this person is wrong. I don't want to buy their writing. I, yeah, exactly. I will hunt her down and cut her. <laughs> and and uh, what I would say to that is that, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to bring her up on this podcast again. Right. So um, Google is your friend. Yeah. Yes. Google it because it'll come up. And I think I found it by by searching Twitter, to be honest with you. Um, so you can find the information if you want yeah, to find it. There. It's out there. So along with the name of this person's book and you know if you don't want to buy her stuff you know you can find her and not buy her stuff and that's a thing you can do and i appreciate you doing that because you know nobody wants to read her books after this no so uh i do uh in the, at the very very last minute like i mean in we were already starting the podcast when i thought of a trivia question yep because I was, I've been so bad. I've been so busy guys and I'm sorry, but, um, so my trivia question this time is what gift did Ariel bird give to Gwen Huffman? Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. Uh, let's see how that works. Um, and I think that's it. Is there any other podcast business that I missed? I don't think I don't so. Think so comments. We will we'll spend the next couple of weeks changing our personalities so that you know we don't annoy people. No, we won't. No, we won't. It'll be worse next next time because it'll be worse. Uh, next. Our next uh, our next well, not next time, but uh, week after week after it'll yeah. we'll do re- we review we'll the reviews review. and we're going to be really annoying in that one. We are, and I'm going <laughs> to laugh my ass off. Laugh at them. Yeah. So the only other podcast business we have left then is that um, next week, uh, Jen's going to be on vacation. So you're going to go visit your brother. Yep. 
And because Jen's going to be on vacation, I decided to be uh, kind and give uh, Tara a vacation too. Yeah. Yay. I can go to a meeting that I, if otherwise. Yeah. Fun meetings. (laughs) So um, it will kind of just be me and it it won't kind of just be me because what, what, um, What's going to happen next week is um, I have asked Rebecca Moore, who was with Jen and I the first few episodes, um, I've asked her to come back and kind of update us on her progress with the series. If there is any, we really haven't talked about it. Rebecca and I are friends. We're actual coworkers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really haven't. It's been so nutty at my work lately that we, and we we work in different departments so yeah. we see each other maybe in the hallway, maybe right. every once in a while. And we say, hey, right. but um, when Jen said she was going to take this um, this vacation, I was like, well, why not? Yeah. You know, ask yeah. Rebecca, see if she wants to come back in and update us on on her progress. You know, yeah. so uh, so next week, that's what we'll that's what we'll do. It'll be me and Rebecca talking about um, Rourke. Yeah whether he's too much or if he's a dick or right. (laughs) We'll just have to see how that conversation goes. And, um, I think she did say she continued with the series. So I don't know how far she is, but we'll talk about all of that next week. I'm excited to hear how that's going. Me too. Cause we really haven't, after I said, do you want to be on the show next week? And she said, yes, we haven't talked since then. So, you know, it's honest to God, it's been nuts at my work. Yeah. You said that. It's, so. it's just been nuts, you know? Right. Um, so uh, then after that, the week after that is we review the reviews of <laughs> Faithless and I've already looked at some of them and some are amazing. So yeah. I'm really looking forward <laughs> to that one. Can't wait. <laughs> and then after that, um, we're going to have Judy Kentris. Yeah. And Judy's on. Yeah. We've kind of got a, a, a fun topic for that because Judy's next book well, the newest book that's going to be released is um, is a, a historical, mm-hmm. and so to tie that in, we thought, well, hey, wouldn't it? It'll be fun to like discuss who would even work be in in yeah. historic England or historic times. I mean. Right. It, would they be even work still? I don't know. We'll discuss that. Yeah, it's kind of a fan fiction episode. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun too. For that one. So that's what's coming up the next couple of weeks. Um, if you want to get in touch with us for whatever reason, mm-hmm. let us know how annoying we are or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you can do that by finding us on social media, by searching for podcast and death, or you can go to podcastanddeath.com or you can go, you can send us an email at show at podcastanddeath.com or as Jeannie did, you could call the number. The number is 205-476-2753. And that spells out 2054 Rourke. Call the number and just say, hey, or tell us whatever you want to tell us or tell us we're annoying. Yeah. We'll take all of it. We'll take all of it. Or Or really have no role in the show at all. Just to sit there. and. And be the third wheel or whatever. The funny thing is, it's just so untrue. That's the best part. 
you know what? Here's the thing that she doesn't understand, but we do because we're, you know, yeah. that a, this show would not work with just me and Jen. No, I, I do not believe that the show would work without, mm-hmm. with just Jen and I, it just would. I like that dynamic of having the three people. I like, I like that. And Tara, your opinion is so is generally, I mean, you agree with us right on most things, but it's so different from mine or Jen's you come at things with a, with a whole different perspective. And that's right. what I like. And that's why I said, like, you know, the first time we did a podcast together, I was like, oh, this is it. This is the show right yeah, here. This together. is in my head the whole time. I was thinking, this is the show I wanted. Oh, that, first, that first podcast we did together, I was like, this is the show I want. Yep. And I, Christine doesn't get it. And I understand. I'm sorry, Christine, that you sure. don't get it. But this is the show I wanted. And there are people out there like Jeannie who love the show the way it is. Exactly. So. so it's not going to change. We're not changing it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about yeah, that. This is just who I am. Just a little bit extra. <laughs> You're perfectly extra and we you love are. That's right. It's so funny because extra usually is like a different connotation. Right. <laughs> in, this, in this regard, it literally is the complete opposite. And we are right. giving, we're giving it our own definition and that's fine. Yeah. So, it's just me. <laughs> I have the definition of extra. There you go. So, um, so yeah, I think that's it. So, for this episode of Podcast and Death, this is AJ. This is Jen. This is Tara. And I will see you next week. Jen and Tara will see you the week after. And you guys have a great week. Hey guys. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry. That was kind of a long one. Okay. It was so worth it. Worth it. Worth so it. much fun. Worth it. Be good. <laughs> I hope everybody I else loved it. <laughs> <laughs>